everyone. This is your host, Sam. Thank you for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. So excited to be chatting with you guys today. Um, as I mentioned in my last podcast, I know that I've been backed up, but I'm excited to give you guys this additional episode to kind of catch up to um, where I should be. And um, this one is it's pretty powerful. I think it's very powerful because it is probably going to trigger a lot of people. Um, healing is your responsibility. That is um, overwhelming. <laughs> Let's start there. And that is a very um, unpredictable kind of like road that no one really wants to talk about. I think it's easier to talk about the pain, the hurt, the uncomfortability, um, just the overall, I don't know, just that boat that you sit in whenever you're in an uneasy place or you're dealing with trauma or having to understand trauma or triggers, et cetera, et cetera. But the part of overcoming that and surviving that, I don't think that many are able to do. One, because I feel like they don't have the tools, but two, to make the effort and also the environment in which you are surrounding yourself with, it kind of breeds um, that kind of victim mentality that woe is me, um, my life sucks for the rest of my life, you know, this this particular moment defined me and I will never overcome that. And granted, you know, certain things are very horrific and they are almost like unexplainable, to be honest with you. But the reality is, as at least from my perspective, my, my purview, is that if you're able to live give yourself a life worth living, um, you're going to have to change that narrative. You're going to have to change that experience um, to be more positive, to reshape that experience, to step on that power that you now have because of that wealth of experience and use that to be transformative. Use that to be a connector. Um, Use that to open doors, to be able to create connections. Now, let me tell you, um, <laughs> healing is not a common word. I think now more, more or less, we hear more about healing and the concept of healing and making sure that we're healing, et cetera, et cetera. But the journey, like I mentioned before, is not easy. It is not something that happens overnight. It is not something that is always, um, it works for one versus the other. It's really through that person's eyes, through that person's experience. Um, it's really, really about that person. That's, that's the whole point. But just like with anything, it's a decision. Do I want to um, entertain this circumstance that will allow me to be set back? Or do I want to participate in something that's more productive, something that's more encouraging, something that's more supportive? Now, those steps, those little decisions that you do that allow you to divert further and further away from that certain experience gives you the strength, the courage, the confidence to be able to overcome your circumstance. Now, for some people, it may be aha moments where you're like, you know what? I'm no longer going to carry this this weight on my shoulder. That's it. I can't do it anymore. It, I'm fed up. You know, you reach the, the bottom of it. Um, it could be something where, you know, you have a moment where you're kind of, I know this happened to me actually a couple years ago when I was in an accident, I was having a mental breakdown and I was on my way home from work. And I was so overwhelmed with school. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to pass because my grades weren't adding up. 
And I just felt like, you know, I really want to get my bachelor's, but I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I don't know if this is going to work out because I personally have been through a lot of different things that honestly have thrown me for a loop um, from being thrown out of my house, um, being in altercation with my brother and having to go through the police, um, you know, being abandoned by my mom and just completely rejected in that in that experience, um, being essentially homeless, sleeping on the floor, um, you know, my car being stolen, not having the money to purchase another one or even start the process of purchasing one um, for two months and depending on people to get me to and from work, being unemployed. Um, the list goes on, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, it just it just goes on and on. Um, but I've had those experiences. And one of the things that really like, I guess, just kind of, you know, woke me up and kind of just brought me to a place of like, okay, I really, 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 really need to make a decision here. Because the reality is I'm kind of stuck. I'm, I'm in a place of just being stuck. And, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be in this circumstance anymore. And I had to really shift everything that I had been dealing with prior to and trying to take it from a, a pace of, of strength, you know, trying to use that almost to my advantage, because the reality is, is that nobody gets a break. Nobody is, you know, um, ex, you know, they get an exception because they are who they are. It's more of just what we decide to do and take with whatever it is we're given. And, you know, the narrative that we may have about things that happen to us, I don't think that we understand ourselves enough to be able to know, okay, this is where I need to veer off. This is where I need to, you know, get myself back in order. Um, I think that when you know yourself, when you start to understand yourself, and for me, you know, understanding that I'm, I can be very resilient, meaning I'd like to just jump back up and get back on my feet and keep it moving. Um, but I find that I have a pileup at the end where I'm not processing um, effectively the things that I'm going through. So then it pops up and it, it, it comes and it comes and snatches me at uncomfortable times, you know, and it's so, it's so, it's so important to take a second to heal, take a second to breathe, take a second to just slow down in the moment, in the process, in the pain that you're feeling and not run away from it. Um, that's something that I've been listening to the podcast with Brene Brown. And I think she's with Dr. Pippa right now on this episode where they talk about pain and how quickly we are taught to just go through it, get over it. You know, if you fall on the floor, you're okay. You're all right. You're all right. You know, you don't get a second to breathe it in and see what that looks like. Um, so you know exactly what it feels like and you can find out your tolerance level. You can figure out what works, what doesn't work. Um, pain is inevitable and it comes in different ways and it comes in from different people, different scenarios, different situations. It can be self-inflicted. You know, there can be, a, we could be the, the biggest scammer of ourselves in so many different ways where we let ourselves down, you know, and that definitely happens. And in that story, going back to this big aha moment for me, I was inflicting additional pain to myself where I was giving myself self-doubt. I was completely um, not believing in myself. I really felt like, you know, 
I quote unquote had tried my best and this route was the only route that was going to get me to the end or get me to my degree. And I completely like, you know, just messed that up because I just wasn't prepared or I wasn't where I should have been or doing what I was supposed to be doing. So this time driving home and I'm on my normal route and I'm just like boohoo crying, having a whole meltdown. I didn't even give myself the time to pull over, process, talk to myself, call a friend, um, you know, seek a resource, reach out. I just went into this whole tandem of like, you know, snot nose crying. I can't believe this is my life. I can't like, I'm a failure, this and that. And funny thing is, I think I talk about this in one of my YouTube um, videos, but well, I was at a stop sign, stopped at the stop sign because I'm still coherent. That's one thing about me. I could be miserable. Okay. I could be angry. I could be hype. I could be, you know, in a full on rage of just like, anger and emotionalness, but I am not going to run a red light. I'm not going to run a stop sign. I'm very analytical in that sense. So I'm never going to put myself in danger or anyone with me rather, um, as well in danger. So I was very mindful of just, you know, watch your surroundings. You still need to be alert because you are driving. Stop at the stop sign. And then I, I see a car a couple yards away coming towards the stop sign. This person is on my right-hand side and I'm going straight through the stop sign. So I go ahead and make my stop. I see them coming towards the stop sign. They're a little ways away. So I just go ahead and proceed through the stop sign. This person does not stop. This person does not stop at the stop sign. Um, broad daylight, it's midday. It's not even late and completely like tease me. I am already crying, <laughs> already in a tan- tantrum. Um, and I proceed, all I can see in front of me as I kind of like gather myself is a fence. So I stop on the brakes and I put the e brake up really, really quickly. And I'm just crying at this point. Cause I'm like, you know, what could be worse than my whole spiral that I was putting myself into. And I say this now because I recognize that I placed all that additional weight on that experience. And I could have thought of it, you know, thought through it differently and, you know, allowed myself to be upset and, and and frustrated, but I could have taken better care of myself during that process. And that's another key thing I want you to think about when you're going through your, you know, your ups and downs is how well are you taking care of yourself in that process? If you were taking care of someone else, would you take care of them the way that you're taking care of yourself? Or would you give more care and more, um, be more sensitive, more compassionate? Um, I kind of just let myself free range and didn't even like reel myself in at all. Um, but yeah, the, the woman comes to the door and she's like, you know, are you okay? You know, my car was more damaged than hers. And, you know, I had to like shift gears really quickly. And I think in that, in that, you know, in that instance, you know, the concept of like God throwing, um, a pebble down, he throws a brick and then you know, he really, really wakes you up. That was one of those things where I was walking myself through this spiral, um, of which I had instances of doing this in the past. So whenever there's failures attached to school or in general, I would have negative thoughts. Um, some of the things that I experienced more specifically is like at night, my relationship with failure, I, I wouldn't say at that time I was very heavy with, um, very codependent of failure. Like I had an unhealthy relationship with failure. I can't say I always viewed failure or not necessarily winning, 
um, as a learning lesson, like I do now, um, it was very stressful for me. It created a trigger. Um, this trigger actually came from when, like the story I mentioned before of, um, or the, the experience that I went through before of, um, when I was homeless and sleeping on the floor, you know, of a friend's office and, um, you know, really trying to figure out my life and figure out what I'm going to do and dealing with a court case and being on crutches and all these sort of things that were going on. I noticed that I started to have, um, when I went to sleep, I would, um, I would dream of death. Like I would have these like end all be all, you know, experiences, um, that kind of started there because I couldn't figure out where I was going to go, what I was going to do at that, that present moment. And then this recurring kind of sense is like when, you know, dark time, nighttime hits and I'm in bed, that's when all of those negative thoughts would creep back up. And it would be like panic attack or anxiety attack, or I couldn't sleep. It was, you know, starting that, that was the first, you know, that was a trigger that then led to different instances where that recurring feeling would come up. Now, you know, after the accident, which was actually one of three that I was not responsible for, it definitely caused a lot of other things to happen to me. And it was very hard for me to heal. I didn't pay attention to healing. I didn't look um, as deeply into healing as I do now. So I had the accident. We went ahead and processed it, you know, because she was at fault, et cetera, et cetera. And this was a very long two year journey. So for those of you who are thinking that I'm just going to come up with my back hurting on an accident, that's not always the case. It's not in and out. Very stressful, very, very stressful um, kind of cloud overhead along with school and work and life, et cetera, et cetera. At this time, I wasn't homeless, but even still, you know, it was very uncomfortable because I just didn't know what was going to happen with everything. Um, but, you know, had to go to physical therapy. This happened, the accident happened in April by October because I hadn't paid attention and thoroughly dealt with things accordingly. I then had a mental breakdown um, following another trigger or not even a trigger, another event where my sister was getting surgery and, you know, there were some complications and we couldn't necessarily figure out what was going on with her. And I just completely broke. I just, I literally had a mental breakdown. I couldn't breathe. Um, and I was just in the car by myself. You know, there was a lot of family things going on. My, my, um, my uncle, um, the same one who actually passed away last year, he was in an accident that he basically almost lost his life. Okay, I'm back. Sorry for that abrupt stop. Had an interruption. Um, yeah, so, you know, dealing with these, this breakdown where I was out of control. Um, I didn't have any whereabouts of my sister. I was alone. That's a whole nother story. I won't even get into that. But, um, you know, it, it, it really showed me that I hadn't dealt with a lot of things. With school, I immediately placed a call and let them know, hey, I'm dealing with this crisis. I can't really focus right now and had to have an extension. And, you know, that didn't end up working out, but it shifted me. It shifted me in so many different ways because I just felt like, you know, back after back, after back, after back, here are all these things kind of being thrown at me and I'm unable to manage, you know, take heed, 
um, deal with them accordingly because I hadn't taken the time to heal. I hadn't taken that aftermath and sat with it and understood it and grew from it. I allowed it to be there and I knew what it was, but I didn't necessarily face it. And I think the biggest part of not facing your fears, facing your um, your struggles is that no matter where you go, you're un- you're unable to identify when these things are going to come back up, when they're going to get worse, when they're going to hurt you even more, because they can definitely circle back and be even worse than they originally were. Um, you're just, you're, you're underprepared. You're really, really putting yourself in a very vulnerable state and especially if others don't know about it. So that's another big thing is just not sharing where you're at, where you're trying to go, what you're dealing with, what's on your mind. So people can be weary. They can be mindful. They can be compassionate. They can be helpful, encouraging to you. They can be that support that you need at that given time. You really just throw yourselves to the wolves because life is so unpredictable and what we experience with it is also very unpredictable. So you have to be very careful of just not, in my opinion, being all willy nilly and being like, well, I'm just going to see what happens. Um, It's important to recognize that, you know, having some sort of support system or access where you can um, process whatever you're going through, release that energy, understand it for what it is, you know, you know, make your, make your bed with it and recover from it, heal from it. That process is essential. It, it It's kind of like, you know, um, trying to make something out of, of just every piece of junk that you have. You've never take, you're hoarding, you're literally hoarding, like you're hoarding all your trauma, all of your, your issues, and you're leaving it up to life to give you an answer when it's your responsibility. It is your responsibility to take a look at everything that you've been through, all of the different things that you've been through and not from a place of like, oh, I want to, under- I want to understand why me and my mom have such an issue. I want to understand why my kids and I are so estranged. It's more of, it's a, it's a, it's a personal journey. It's a personal thing that you're doing to be able to overcome, understand, you know, get hold of what exactly you went through, what it meant for you, what you can take from it, how you can build on it. All of those things. That's, that's a part of the journey. That's a part of the experience. That's a part of, you know, the outcome. That's, that's all of it. It comes together. When you get stuck and you find yourself hoarding, it can be very, very overwhelming. So going back to the example that I gave about my mental breakdown and the the, the series of events that led up to it. At that point, because of how I can operate sometimes, letting things pile up, and not addressing them as they come, you know, come and not healing from them, giving it time to process, et cetera, et cetera. What happens is now you have an like a 30 page paper to do in 24 hours. You're automatically like, you've been procrastinating, you've been putting it off, you've been trying to ignore it, you've been trying to say, I got this, I got this. And then it's like, no, the due, due date's now. Like now we're going to throw in all other stuff. And guess what? You still have to go to work and you can't do it at work. So that's eight hours you're not able to do it. It takes you an hour to get to work, an hour to get home. So now that's 10 hours that you're not able to get in the 24 hours. So now you're staying up late to get this done. So all of those those little trinkets start to add on. Now, 
if you're at that point in life where, you know, you've allowed things to fall by the wayside, it can be a demotivator. Definitely. So I want to acknowledge that because listen, when I knew I had to handle all of this, you know, anxiety and frustration and confusion and, you know, lack of control almost all at one time or what it felt like all at one time, that was, you know, the tipping point for me that was like, okay, who do you think you are? Um, but the reality is, is that I had to, you know, seek help. I had to seek friends, family. I let them know. Um, I got, saw therapy, did a lot of praying, you know, I really strided to, to service, you know, serve more to others so I could be fulfilled a little bit better and see the value in myself again. You know, there was so much of like soul searching I had to do. Taking care of myself was another big thing that I had to do to curve kind of all the the trauma that I had experienced in such a short period of time. And I recognized that I can be a hoarder when it comes to, you know, series of events that are going on. And I need to, you know, avoid creating those experiences where I allow those things to pile up and I don't, you know, process them. I don't like to not be on top of things. I always like to be what's two steps ahead and to be so, to be so out of tune and just not in the right place. It really, really, um, kind of put me in perspective where I know I needed to take a second and sit back and understand, you know, what's my role? What am I in control of? What actually hurt me? Um, what can I do to overcome the scenario, overcome the situation? What do I need to do to look at things differently? Um, what does this mean for me? What strength can I draw from this? You know, because I tend to live with no regrets, or I can't think of one that I have, um, my strength and my resilience comes from this, the things that I've been through. Now I talk about this all the time on this platform. I have no problem being vulnerable, being honest with you guys, transparent with everybody of just what I've been through, because it's such a, it's such a connector for me to hear other people's stories and their struggles and the things that they've been through and being like, Oh girl, or, Oh boy. I totally understand what you're talking about. Me too. What? That's crazy. Because people like to push this narrative that everything's okay, everything's all right, I'm happy, life is great, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of like real, real, you know, um, dark closets out there. And there's a lot of, you know, mischievous things that we've done, things that we're not proud of. You know, for me, I own my story. So anything that I've ever done or been through, I've been very, um, alert in a sense, like I'm, I have no problem in being honest about my, um, the role that I played in that experience. Um, but healing, you know, going back to that and taking on that responsibility, I think that people prefer to carry on their narrative that makes people be a lot more compassionate towards them because once you've healed or once you feel as though you've healed or you're in the process of healing, people, in my opinion, take on a different relationship with you. You know, when you are the victim there, you get the compassion, you get the narrative of them just being wanting to take care of you and look out for you and think of you and do things for you, et cetera, et cetera. And 
people confuse that with or accept that and want that in a sense of like people genuinely love me. You know, I think that's for some people who have a void when it comes to love, that signals to them that that's a form of love. And that makes them feel more loved, more valued, more accepted, more wanted. Now, when you are healed from something, you know, same thing goes in the hospital. Once you're healed, there's no use for you anymore. Nobody's checking in on you. Nobody's calling you. No, there's no get well soon. You know, you're good. You're well. Figure it out. Let's go. Um, <clears throat> and I, pe- I think people don't like that lack of attention, lack of concern, lack of compassion, um, once you've reached the other side. Now, the problem is I feel like once you've healed from something or you've overcome something, it's like, what do you do next? What are, what, I mean, like, okay, you just go back to regular life. That's it. Like you're done for me personally. I think it's important to give back. It's important to give back and to tell your story and be honest with your story. So that way you can potentially heal or work with others and draw others in for that connection. You know, we so many times overlook um, the power in connection and the power our stories have for others and what that means for others and how those things can really shape shift others. I've had instances where people have reached out to me where it's like, you know, I saw that you did this or you're talking about doing that. And, you know, it was really hard for me and what worked for you, what didn't work for you, what are some things that I could do better to be different, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I didn't recognize the impact that you have on people. Like you don't notice or you don't know how much of an inspiration you can really be for somebody who's struggling with getting to the point that you've already overcome or the point that you are, you know, well-versed in now because you've done the work you know, that courage that you have to heal and to become a better person can be a lifeline for somebody else who doesn't have the same access as you, doesn't have the same mindset as you. You could be the first and only experience of them dealing with somebody who's decided to be responsible for their, you know, their healing. Now, healing can happen in so many phases at so many times, and there can be setbacks. You know, something that really gave me permission to think differently about things and just to process things differently was hearing Yana Vincent say, you know, healing is our letting go is a process. It is, it's, it's, it's not a decision. It, it starts with a decision, but it, it begins a process and same thing goes with healing. I mean, it is, it's, it's a process. It's not like you can heal overnight. Certain things are maybe not as traumatic or not as damaging but other things, they're going to require you to be in the shop for a couple of weeks, you know, or a couple of days. It just depends on the severity of what you're going through. But the reality is keeping whatever it is that you um, are dealing with and not healing from it just lets you sit there, collect dust. You become almost a sideshow where it's like, oh, here this person comes and go, comes again with this sad story. No, you can draw strength and ownership and overall a better um, sense of life, a better grip on life when you decide to make that decision to heal. You know, there's so many different advocates who are talking about their stories where they've been physically harmed or, 
been through certain circumstances that are unimaginable, you know, and they've come through the other side. And not to say that there aren't scars and there aren't, you know, battles that they're still facing, but the reality is the truth in which they're choosing to live in, the reality in which they're choosing to, re- to live in really sets them apart. So when you decide to heal and when you decide to come to terms with the circumstance, that's bravery in itself, okay? That's a big, big deal. When you decide to come go from victim to survivor, that's a huge deal. And that's a big accomplishment. And you should be celebrated for that. That's another thing too. I don't think that a lot of people recognize that they should really pat themselves on the back when it comes to some of the things that they've overcome. And it shouldn't come from others. It doesn't have to come from others. It can come from yourself where you just feel like, you know what? Enough's enough. I need to make things change for myself. I need to make things happen for myself. And I shall do so through these steps or I shall do th- do so you know, through these efforts, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you need to, to be proud of yourself. I think just stepping back and looking at yourself and what you've been through is essential to that. Waiting and looking for other people's validation, there's no guarantee it's going to come. But if you can step back and admire your hard work, admire who you're becoming, admire who you um, are evolving, what, what impact you have, the community you have, you know, it's so important. You never know because your energy will change, your your faith will change, your life will literally change because you've decided to be on a different side of the story. You know, there's so many different things that we go through and it's not what we go through, it's how we go through them. Do we go through them and look at it from the purview of like, oh, what was me? You know, I can't believe this happened to me. Nobody can believe it. There's a lot of things that I still don't believe that ever happened in this in this lifetime. But there is a reality there. There's always a grounding reality of things. And it's 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 our responsibility to sit with that and to find that and to believe that because it's easier to go into that comfort zone and extract yourself and say, you know what, I don't want to believe my reality. I really want to you know, escape that reality. I want to put myself in another place where this doesn't exist. This never happened. Everything is kosher. You know, it's not that bad, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I think that you really miss out on the opportunity to live. You know, we can float through life and not really touch the ground. You are grounded when you're with reality in real time. When you decide to create a new Um, version of yourself in order to cope through a circumstance instead of facing it head on, which again is a very scary, uncomfortable, trigger warning, like very, very, very challenging place to be that cannot always be done alone. Sometimes it's a decision that then creates an opportunity where you have a series of choices you know, you have a series of people who come into your life, a guardian angel, which has happened to me on several occasions of the most challenging parts of my life where there have been guardian angels that I probably will never, ever see again that God's placed into my life because he's like, finally, I can carry you to the other side. I can give you that, that leg up, but you have to see them. You don't see the better version of yourself if you are still sitting in the version that you're unhappy with or 
doesn't exactly isn't where you're supposed to be when you are saying to yourself okay you know what i'm not gonna let the fact that you know my father abandoned me you know didn't love me didn't care for me be the reason why i choose to make certain decisions or i you know um i'm not as connected to my family or to my kids or to my friends I'm going to find a way to still love. I'm going to be that flower that grows out of concrete. I don't care what it takes. I may be like more of a weed, but I'm still a flower in the flower category. I'm still going to be the one that persevered regardless of the circumstances where anybody thought that, no, there's just no way. You know, once you decide that, then that's when you get, you know, some soil that'll come your way, some sunshine that you can now see that you couldn't see before. All of those things happen when you do those. Now, there are going to be other triggers. You know, some people call them the devil. Some people call it, um, you know, the the haters, whatever you want to meet, whatever you want to call them that will come in and they will poke you and they will say, hey, are you the same person that you were last week? Hey, are you the same person who you were yesterday? Hey, are you going to still do the same things that you said, you know, that you always do? Because they know that version. They know that version very well. You have to get comfortable with the new version that you are designing, you are building so you can own it. And that takes practice. That takes being uncomfortable. That takes, um, you know, some self-reflecting realization, self-care and all of that, you know, being just reevaluating how you um, work with yourself, how you interact with yourself. All of those things are super, super imperative to be able to overcome you know, your current narrative. Now, in that transition space, in that transition period, it's so important to, you know, again, build up a support system and whatever it may look like for you at that time. You know, as you go through different phases and stuff like that, you may need a different types of help or different things may work and certain things may not. Um, You know, therapy is a great resource, but Maybe a certain therapist doesn't work for you. Maybe at a certain time period, it requires you to do some more self-reflecting so you're able to show up for therapy. Sometimes you are not ready for therapy because you haven't necessarily made the decision yet completely to commit to this new narrative or this new journey. It can be very, very weary when you um, self-sabotage yourself. You know, certain things, they don't always work out, you know, and be all willy-nilly. Because you say, oh, I'm going to do something different, but then you're presented with an opportunity to make a different decision and you make the same decision. So you have to be careful. You have to be understanding. You have to be, um, you have to just completely pay attention or try to pay attention, if you will, to what's going on and what could be deflecting you or hindering you from being able to make this, you know, this big challenge. And as things grow up, you know, it's like with everything, once you start going down that rabbit hole, Yes, a lot of things are going to come up. I listen, it is not in any way shape or form a guessing game when that when that shows up. Okay, yes, you're going to get triggers. You're you know, you may be talking about your childhood, you may be talking about um decisions that you made that you forgot about. You know, you may be talking about regrets and, you know, things that you could have done differently. You may even realize that, you know what? I'm not where I'm supposed to be because I didn't pay attention to the decision that I made the last couple of weeks. And now it's put me in a place that I feel like I'm in a hole. I think 
you know, it's mind over matter, to be honest with you. There's different situations you can get yourself out of regardless of where you're currently at. It is more of the goal setting and more of the perspective that matters because life is going to go on regardless if you're ready or not, or on the same page or not. It's always going to go. That's nothing's going to stop life. You know, life's just going to keep on going. Life goes on. Um, but the reality is, is do you want to go with it? Do you want to be there for it? Or do you want to just barely exist? You know, do you want to have a purpose? Do you want to have a destiny? Do you want to have, um, you know, an opportunity to be able to live or do you want to just be, you know, it's, 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 it's challenging. It's very tricky. And for some, especially, you know, for my listeners who are older in age, it may feel like, well, I've, have had so many years on this earth. You know, there's so many things that I've been through that to go back into that is so hard. It's really, really hard. And I think the reality is with that, with, you know, there's victories in life. There's so many victories that you, you know, experience in life that you don't always give enough praise to because like I mentioned in the beginning, you focus on the negative narrative. You focus on, you know, the tough, toughest parts of it all, not the, you know, um, the top of the mountain, you know, yes, the, the, to get up there was really, really hard, but have you looked at the view? Have you checked in with your feelings about it? Have you looked back and saw how challenging that could have been and, you know, thought of the person that was there when you first started the trip? How has that person evolved? You know, so you have to understand that healing will obviously bring to the surface a lot of things that you're uncomfortable with, the dirt that you don't want to deal with, et cetera, et cetera. But it also sheds light on all the victories that are there, all the good, you know, homey feelings that are there et cetera, et cetera. And you have to really indulge in that, bask in that, believe in that, love that side of you because there's so, oops, sorry. There's so much more to life than, um, you know, the, the tragedy that can be, you know, in every storm, there's water, there may be lightning, you know, there may be wind, all of those sort of things, but the sun does come out. It always comes out you know, and sometimes it looks even better than it did before. Sometimes you even get a rainbow. That's when you know you had a real good storm for a reason. You know, that's when you can smile again. That's when you can really look at things differently and be excited about things differently because of the simple fact that you've been able to go through this storm and transform. You know, it's a part of everything. It's a part of shedding. It's a part of dealing with things and shaking things up to be able to not get too comfortable and to be able to see, is there a better way that I could be doing this? You have to like look at life as a learning opportunity every step of the way. There's certain things you're going to master. There's certain things you're going to you know, succeed in. There's certain things you're going to barely scrape by. Um, but there's, there's a lot of other things too that you'll feel like, you know what? I need to take a second to absorb all of this so I can be able to be comfortable with what you know this means for me, what this is going to do for me you know, who I'm going to be when I am able to get to the other side of this. What sort of value am I going to place on who I am because of this? It's so important to really, you know, understand your role, your responsibility, who you are, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to life and what that means for you. Um, And that can be shape-shifting. It's not always linear linear, and it, it can get real messy sometimes. 
but I think it's, it's so rewarding to know that you've overcome and healed and truly, truly sat with the uncomfortable parts, the unknown parts, the parts in which that you felt like were going to dictate your life for a great period of your life or that held so much power or you didn't even know existed. And that was like the key that you needed to be able to overcome even bigger things and make bigger decisions and changes. And you inspire so many other people by taking that, that decision on. And it just becomes almost like a, um, you know, a domino effect to those around you. It's, it's such a beautiful process. It really, really is like when you, like I said, you know, seeing a flower go through so much to be able to be, to shine, you know, it almost seems like effortless, but behind the scenes, there are, there are a lot of things that have to get done in order to get to the other side. But it's, it's very, very, very important for you to value that and to see that and to experience that and also surround yourself around those who have healed, who have made the decisions to become, um, you know, no longer victims, but survivors and can be able to tell their story to hopefully prevent and save others from going through the same thing and making those decisions. I mean, we hear it all the time where it's like, don't make the same decisions I did. They are stepping into a realm of trying to be a resource, an ally um, through certain things and processes where they recognize that they short stepped or that road shouldn't have been traveled in the first place. And it's so important to absorb that when you can. So that way you can be able to design a life where there's less, you know, trap doors, if you will, or less, you know, weights that you're going to carry through life that are going to hold you back from being able to make a jump or being able to move quickly. Um, all of those things matter, you know, in general, but you know, as always, for those of you listening on Apple, um, podcast, please rate my podcast. Please let me know what you think. Give me some stars. I want to be able to collect more data from you guys so I can be able to target and work with you guys better and speak your languages. Whoever's listening to me, I need to know. I love to know where you're from. Um, you know, your age range and you know, what device you're listening from. All of those things are super, super valuable to me because they help me understand how can I speak better to you? You know, um, it can be very, very lonely, if you will, kind of talking to a mic, but not necessarily seeing the audience and being able to reciprocate off that audience of as far as where they're at and what, you know, interests them. So I would love to hear more about your feedback and what you think. Feel free to check out everythingme.com. The workshop is posted. The video is posted from there. So you guys can be able to check that out. And, you know, if you want me to help you with your goals, I am a life coach. So feel free to reach out to me directly at Sam at the um, Sam at everythingandme.com. And I can't wait to chat with you guys in my next episode.